everybody, hola, como estas? Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watch and review Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time. I am... I, I need to think up of like a theme for movies like today's uh, film that I'm about to review because these are this is an example of an elliptical film, kind of like like Clisse that that Italian film from a few episodes ago. Today's film is like that. Yeah, I think I need to think up of a theme. There are all these like new segments that you know I started for this podcast when I when I came back and I really like them. The one thing I fucked up though was i always wanted to say right before i get into the movie get yourself a cup of caffeine it doesn't really make any sense because like who drinks caffeine and watches a movie you know it's not really like a thing like i should really say get popcorn but that's such a cliche and i don't even like popcorn i I know that's crazy to believe but i don't like it it's buttery it makes you it makes me feel gross it's bad for your teeth i do kind of like the cheese popcorn though like that white cheddar popcorn that's good oh i'm not vegan anymore yeah i used to be really obnoxious about that but i'm not anymore because i kept getting cavities you will read up about that in my next book just kidding now i'm not gonna get into that Uh, guys it happened it just i did it for like a year and a half god bless you if you are a vegan save the animals, be kind to one another. Um, but yeah, I unfortunately have to focus on my teeth. So I have to eat meat again and dairy. And I've gained a few pounds. I've gained four more pounds. No, three more pounds. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, today's film, oh my goodness me. Uh, you know, I need to think up of like a new segment for films like today's movies, because there are a lot of movies on sight and sounds list that are are like today's movie. And that is the similarity between all of them is that they are incredibly elliptical and slow and don't really make sense and are really artsy, artsy, art housey, artsy, artsy, fartsy. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad thing, most of the time. Um, Some of the time. Sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, I should think up of a new segment, but I don't want to be mean because, you know, this is part of filmmaking. Filmmaking is art, you know, in a sense. So um, today's movie is a very interesting one. Uh, It is a movie by a very acclaimed uh, female director named named Lucretia Martel. I love that name. And it is called, oh, and it's new too. It came out in 2017. So semi sort of new 2017. F me. Wow. I mean, fuck me. Wow. That was, feels like ages ago. Yeah. This is actually like the newest movie on sight and sounds list, I think, uh, which is pretty good. And for some reason, I don't really remember it from 2017. And I remember everything. This did not really get promoted that well in 2017. Huh. It's a shame. But like I saw pics from it and I recognized it. Anyway, this is... Zama. Señora mía, mi Marta. El gobernador me dice que no falta mucho para mi partida. Don Diego de Zama. ¿A dónde esperas el trasladado? A la ciudad de Lerma. Mirón. Mirón. No hay noticias para mí. No, todavía. Mensaje para Diego Lezama. Nos han dicho un tal Vicuña. Vicuña Porto entra en las casas y pasa días violando mujeres. Hay que terminar con Vicuña Porto. Causa sorpresa un voluntario para una misión como esta. ¿Hace cuánto que está aquí? 
Mucho tiempo ya. Don Diego de Sama, el que hizo justicia sin emplear la espada. Un hombre de derecho. Un juez. Un hombre sin miedo. Diego, ¿cuándo vas a volver? No podemos volver sin mi cuña Señora mía, mi Marta El gobernador me dice Que no falta mucho Para mi partida Diego, ¿cuándo vas a volver? Really good trailer. I really like that trailer. Uh, yeah, it was distributed by Strand Releasing, which is this really good uh, indie kind of distributor, distribution company, distribution company who distributes films that are distributed, blah, 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 blah. Zama. Oh my goodness. Oh me, oh my. Uh, Zama is based on a book by Antoni. It's an Argentinian made movie. I'm sorry. And it's based on a book by a man named Antonio Di. No. Yeah, Antonio Di Benedetto. I don't know why I couldn't read Antonio. Uh, he lived a very intense life. Uh, he actually was imprisoned and tortured in 1976 under the military dictatorship of General Videla. Uh, scary. Yeah, and he uh, was released a, about a year later, and then he went to exile in Spain, and then he returned later in 1984, but then he died two years later. So Zama is a book. Um, it is a fictionalized uh, book with, you know, uh, character. It, I thought, I, I stammer because I thought that this was all based on a true story, and I was completely, totally wrong. Uh, but I guess maybe that's a good thing about the movie because I believed it all, or I'm just incredibly naive. Zama is a head-scratcher. It's kind of a head-scratcher, but more than that, it is kind of a snooze-fest. I did not like Zama when I first watched it, I have to admit. I did not like it. And you know, I have to admit something else. I don't really love Lucretia Martel's movies. Lucretia Martel is, um, she just turned, uh, no, she didn't just turn. I'm thinking of a different director, I'm sorry. Somebody just had their birthday, and I'm getting the directors mixed up. She's an Argentinian director. Uh, she's been making movies, uh, since, like, the 90s, early 2000s. She's considered one of, like, the best art house directors ever. Uh, she also, uh, is, you know, a big contributor of the new Argentine cinema, which, <laughs> I, I told you, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a movement in every culture, you guys. Every country has a film movement, and yes, new Argentine cinema, new Argentine cinema, excuse me, did uh, come out in the mid 1990s, and it was a little similar to Italian neorealism. It kind of was a reaction to uh, the years and years of you know political and economic dismay from uh, that took place in Argentina. So I don't remember her movies that well. I do remember watching what's considered to be her most famous movie, La Cienega, The Swamp, uh, which came out in 2001. I watched that my freshman year of college in film class at Temple University, and I fell asleep. Yeah, I fell asleep. I just could not get into it. And she did another movie that I just watched uh, in episodes coming up. Same thing. I did not fall asleep, but I just could not get into it. Now, Okay, not trying to be mean at all. This is just me. Movies like Zama and La Cienega, they need to be seen twice, in my opinion. They're not for everyone. They test your patience intensely. They are very, very slow movies. 
Martell's big thing, the, th the big thing she does in her movies is that they're essentially psychological dramas. Everything is so psychological in her films that it's almost like disorienting, you know? Again, it's a little bit like Michelangelo Antonioni. He's the one who did La Clisa, you know? The movies are very much a little bit surreal and disorienting. You don't really, like, know what you're watching in a weird sense. Now, for me, my experience with her movies is first time around, I just, I, I can't get into them. I'm really bored. I'm bored out of my mind. Second time, I get it a bit more. I get the movies a bit more. I do. Zama, you know, um, I also have to just plug the Proud Family, La Cienega, Proud Family, La Cienega. No, La Cienega. That was the character's name in the Proud Family, the friend, remember? But now it sounds wrong because that means that the parents named her kid The Swamp. That's rude. Oh, The Proud Family. That was a great show. Is this still on? I don't know. They reboot everything. Zama, overall, I liked. I, I liked it. Um, gorgeously filmed. The imagery, I think, is the best thing. Martel, she she wrote the screenplay and she directed it too, basically, you know, adapted it from the book. The screenplay, uh, the, the imagery in the film, the use of sound, the shots in the film really are... I think ex excellent, 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 excellent. The 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 um, structure of the movie. I got a little confused. I'm not going to lie. I had to kind of go on Wikipedia immediately because I was I was a little lost by what happens. Um, that's one thing, and also plot wise, it is very kind of drawn out. It doesn't really have a very big, huge plot, but that's just kind of Martell's. Uh, uh, not shtick. What am I thinking of? Uh, you know, th it's her thing that she does in her movies. Psychological. It's all psychological. The whole movie is just. It's also a fun word to say. Psychological. I never ever get to use that word. But let's get into it, shall we? Plot synops. I really need to start reading older famous books. So Zama the book. It came out in 1956. And I cannot read old books to read my life. I read Sylvia, Le or uh, no, what was her name? Sylvia Plath's uh, The Bell Jar. Didn't understand any of it. Um, sorry. Anyway, okay, Zama. It is the late 18th century, and Don Diego de Zama is a magistrate in a remote... Magistrate? Magistrate. That's how I say it. In a remote outpost in Argentina. Don Diego de Zama is played very well by this actor named Daniel uh, Jimenez Cacho, who is a uh, Mexican actor. Uh, so Don Diego's wife and children don't live with him. They're far away, and he longs to be assigned to a post in Lerma, Argentina. It's a small town, uh, which he really, really hopes will happen. Will happen. So he's he's been away from them for a while now, and he's very depressed. I would be too. The town is plagued by rumors of the feats of Vicuña Porto, a man who robs and rapes at will and who others are always claiming to have met and defeated. He's the bad guy. Uninterested by the gossip, Zama spends his time trying to seduce the wealthy, married Spanish noblewoman, Lucian Luciana. If it's Spanish, it's Luciana, right? It's not Italian. Yeah. L, let's call her Pinares de Luenga. Okay. L Sorry, Luenga. Yeah, who rebuffs him? I'm sorry, guys. At work, uh, Don Diego comes into conflict conflict with an assistant magistrate, Ventura Prieto, when the latter objects to the enslavement of indigenous people. Yeah, that's a big thing. Remember that it's the late 18th century. There are indigenous slaves, you know, all over uh, 
this outpost. The conflict is exacerbated by the discovery that Prieto has had more success with Luciana than he. After the two come to blows, the governor deports the junior functionary to Lerma. So Don Diego still doesn't get to go to be with his family. So yeah, bad news. Zama learns that the governor, who had been promising to recommend his transfer, is being transferred himself by order of the King of Spain. Brokenhearted that he has not been transferred, Zama runs afoul of the new governor when the governor learns that one of the employees, whom Zama would prefer to protect, is writing a book while at work. This part kind of confused me. The governor orders Zama to read the book and issue a full report. Reluctantly, Zama agrees. After he writes a damning report, the governor agrees to write a first letter of recommendation to the king to you know, get him transferred finally, revealing that the king, so the governor then basically says, the king always ignores first requests and a second one will take another one to two years to make its way to the king. Oh, yeah. Defeated, Zama grows a beard and agrees to join a party of men looking to hunt down and kill Vicuña Porto, the bad guy. In the middle of the night, Zama wakes to find the horses being stolen and has a conversation with one of the men in his group who volunteers that he is Vicuña Porto, the man, the rapist himself. Ah! Later, the men are captured by an indigenous tribe who ultimately released them. That was just, this was a really cool scene. The uh, bedraggled survivors are nearing home, but the captain tells Zama they cannot return without Vicuña Porto prompting Zama to reveal Vicuña Porto's identity. Porto, however, retain, retains excuse me, the loyalties of the remainder of the group, and his men tie up Zama and the captain. The men kill the captain, oh, it's a brutal scene, and let Zama live as they believe he has information about hidden jewels that will make them rich, which actually, these were just worthless geodes mentioned in Ventura's book. When, so that none, so they aren't there, you know, but the guys don't believe him. Zama tells them that no such riches exist. He keeps telling them, and then the men chop off his hands. You don't see it on camera, but ouch, it's brutal. I did not expect that to happen. Holy hell. Zama manages to survive, but his future is uncertain as he awakens with no hands on a raft, having been, having been rescued by an indigenous man and child. And then this music plays. The end. El doctor Don Diego de Sama, el enérgico, el ejecutivo, el pacificador de indios, el que hizo justicia sin emplear la espada. No el Sama de las funciones sin sorpresas ni riesgos. Sama el corregidor, un corregidor de espíritu justiciero, un hombre de derecho o un juez hombre sin miedo. Okay, so that is the plot of Zama. The movie is, like, just under two hours. When I watched it, it felt like three hours. That sounds like a very, very engaging plot, you know, but it's not really engaging. It's not really a movie about plot. It's more about the character, Don Diego de Zama. Is he a good guy? Not necessarily. I mean, he supports uh, enslaved people. Um, you pretty much get to know Zama in the first sequence of the movie, where there are these 
naked indigenous women on this beach and they're rubbing mud over themselves, mud and sand over themselves. And Zama is like spying on them, kind of like, you know, perverted. He's obviously like a horny guy because he can't be near his wife and he's trying to seduce the um, Luciana Pinares de Luenga. Well, I'm never going to get that right. So he's spying on these women and the women like catch him and they're like, you know, go away. And he tries to get away and one of the women chases him and, she, you know, he basically pushes her to the this, this sand ruin and slaps her a bunch of times. <laughs> then it just cuts to the next scene. So you kind of know this guy. You, you know what he's like, you know? He, um, we know the situation. We know that slavery is bad. We know that nobody in this outpost, um, y- you know, is good. There's another sequence where, you know, um, scene, I mean, where this indigenous guy, this random guy, you know, tries to escape and off camera, you just hear him get shot and nobody in the room reacts, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Sad. It's really, really sad. Um, obviously on a production level, Zama is fantastically well done. Uh, you know, the, the ideal setting, you know, it really does transport you back to it. And it was obviously filmed, this is not filmed in a studio. This was filmed on location in a town called, or uh, an area called Formosa, Argentina. Never been to Argentina. I really want to go though. Um, so, you know, the costumes, the, the makeup, all of that is really fantastic. But I think going back to what I was saying before I got sidetracked, this really is a movie about, uh, Zama or Zama, you know, this guy who, is just so unbelievably depressed and literally cannot escape this hell that he's made for other people. You know, I think that's kind of in rewatching the movie. I think that's the unique thing about this film. And it's why Daniel Jimenez Cacho is so good because he is one of those characters who makes someone who's not very likable, a little likable because you do kind of just want this guy to just get out and just go be with his family, you know, but he's not a great guy, you know, he's, he's not. And this movie, I think the best thing about this movie that it does really well and something that Martel is really good at doing is using sound, using imagery to mirror what is going on inside these characters' heads, you know, like there are shots uh, so many moments in this film where Zama keeps getting told bad news again and again that he can't leave and he's getting really paranoid. And it's a very subtle thing that Martel does where the sound starts to get like high at, or it's almost like if like you're, you're, um, you have like a, 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 uh, stereo on and you're like messing with the sound and it's like you know it's like that it's a very or i don't know like do you remember those commercials from the 90s that would be surrounds it was the surround sound commercial and it would be like yeah you know not like a car but yeah it was like that she does it in this film and it is very effective she does it in other movies too sound i remember reading or learning when i was awake learning about la cienega from my professor and and uh he said how sounds of the swamp you know are meant to be a metaphor for these characters inner turmoil and inner anxieties so that's very very apparent in zama and it is very well done i like that it is overall a movie about a guy who just can't catch a break and his life just gets worse and worse and worse. And it's not a movie that's make, begging you to feel for this guy either, you know? I think overall this is a movie with a lot of interesting things to say. I think especially with regard to 
the the characters who are you know playing the indigenous people in the film they're obviously you know they're victims throughout and but at the same time they're good and not that they were never bad i'm not saying sorry that came out wrong not that they were ever bad but it's almost interesting in that you know zama who is has been making these people's lives hell he ends up by the very end of the movie you know being taken care of by them he gets kidnapped by them and they don't kill him you know he gets his hands cut off at the end and then when he wakes up he's being helped in a boat by these indigenous people his fate is left unknown but that's interesting you know this movie says a lot about fate i think fate is a huge theme in this film fate and 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 ethics and a lot you know this is interesting you know and and re and talking about it out loud i'm starting to like it a lot more yeah but i was still bored i'm not gonna lie second time around i'm sorry i i it's it's you you really you gotta you gotta be patient for this film bts secrets and scandals so zama was actually almost made in the 1980s yes indeed there was a director oh, sorry uh, it's my meryl streep impression there was a director named nicolas sarkis who uh tried to make the film in 1984 but so far only celluloid remains remain when will you ever get to use that in the sentence remains remain yeah so that's sad uh the film was obviously very well received when it came out it was argentina's entry for best international feature film the oscars it premiered at venice as all films do in 2017 it later premiered at tiff the toronto international film festival uh tiff liked it so much that in 2019 after you know the end of the 2010s uh they named it one of the best films of the decade kind of sad but uh the not that i mean what i'm about to say the movie was actually filmed in 2015 but spent two years in post-production this was because lucretia martel was battling uterine cancer she announced luckily uh when the movie came out that uh during while she was promoting the film that she was in remission yeah that's scary that is really scary and when you think about that to make a movie put so much effort into making a movie and then that has to happen to you that blows you have no idea i mean i'm acting like i have experience i have a little bit of experience but making a big movie and then that happens and you have to just pause everything i mean it's crazy it's absolutely nuts and you think about you know i because i review so many old movies i just reviewed nosferatu about how that almost just never came into existence yeah it's crazy the best moment i don't really have a moment i think the imagery itself was fant I'm not really answering the question. I'm sorry. Okay, best moment. It's it's more so best shots. Kudos to or shout out to the cinematographer Rui Pocas, I think is how you say her name. There's a shot uh, in this film that is just so surreal. It almost feels like you're watching a, a Louis Buñuel film. We'll get to him later. Don't worry. Where um, I forget. Oh God, it's been a while since I watched this. Uh, Zamas is interviewing or he's talking with the governor I believe and the governor basically tells him bad news and you can just see in Zamas face and just with his body language how paranoid he's getting and then you know you hear that you know the that sound effect and then as he's talking this llama just walks in the into frame behind him and just gets kind of closer to the camera and then just walks right out. It's very surreal. Another moment that really stood out is um, 
there's this uh, sequence of events where Zamat gets really, really ill while he's preparing to leave, um, you know, to get this letter fixed or whatever, and he is passed out, sweating to death on in this little hut that he's staying in, this gross, tiny hut, and the ceiling is literally falling apart, and there's this guy digging at the ceiling, and all this dirt and all these grubs and worms are just falling out onto the ground right near uh, Zama, and Zama doesn't even notice, he doesn't even flinch. And again, metaphor... Metaphor for what is going on in Zama's head. You see? You see how filmmakers do this? Huh. Clever, huh? Do you get what I mean, how that's a metaphor? Okay, yeah, I hope you understand that. Really good shot. Very surreal. Again, surreal, surreal, surreal. Mais est-ce que je suis d'accord avec les critiques de ce film? So, Zama was on a, quite a lot of top ten... Well, yeah, I kind of take that back. It was on top ten lists at the very end of 2017. Um obviously it was critically acclaimed, but you know, there were a lot of reviews that kind of just gave it a B instead of an A from what I found. But um, overall people loved it. Christian Holub from Entertainment Weekly said, as it goes, Zama ponders the unanswerable question of what kind of life exactly is worth living. It's true. Zama, the character is kind of just stuck in this crazy, weird, awful situation. And it really does make you think, is is his life even worth it? I mean, what is what's worth it? Is he really going to get to his kids? And look at what he's become. You know, it's kind of crazy. Fate, man. Fate. Theme. I say. I say. I say it again. It's a big theme in this movie. Fate. Tim Roby of Daily Telegraph UK said almost too well and certainly too well to let us sit back comfortably. Martel, Lucretia Martel has nailed colonialism as a living death. Yeah, you do see that a lot, and I think again. I say this. I said this already, but I think the the irony in the film is how Zama be, kind of ends up becoming a slave by the very end of the film. You know, Fianuala uh, Halligan from Screen International. Pardon me if I got. I, well, I not if I got. I know I got the name wrong. Said it's confusing and heavy and bears down hard until a third act swerve throws in colors and movement and spins the viewer out of the theater in wonder. It won't be forgotten. Indeed, the end of this movie really takes a 360 and gets violent and gets very intense. Ben Sachs of the Chicago Reader said. This blackly funny and ultimately haunting examination of colonial history is thoroughly characteristic in its brilliant manipulation of physical space. Okay, two things. Physical space, yes, space is another big thing in this film. It's a big part of Martel's films. I did not find the movie funny, though. I didn't find any of this to be darkly comedic. I didn't see any weird humor in it. I mean, apart from the wigs, I guess. The wigs that all the magistrates and governors and everybody has to wear in the village is, you know, the wigs that they have to wear are pretty funny. But, you know, they always look funny, those old-fashioned wigs. Ben Kroll of IndieWire said, As an existential objet d'art, Zama stands as a serious achievement, but that won't prevent even the most sophisticated of cinephiles from staggering out of the theater wondering, what in the world did I just see? Yeah, it's true. Look, listening to this, I'm sorry if you don't like movies like this, but you're still listening. I agree with you that you are, you may be like me, and you may just be confused out of your mind and not really know how to interpret the film. You gotta see it again. You just absolutely have to. Jake Wilson of The Age, Australia, said, told in the typically oblique style of Argentinian director Lucretia Martel, this adaptation of Antonio Di Antonio De Benedetto's novel, novel, Jesus Christ, I'm so hungry right now too, I'm sorry, novel is nonetheless a pointed fable about the futility of colonialism. Yeah, it's true. 
colonialism sucks. Slavery sucks. Um, and in this film, you know, again, irony, I go back to irony. It is all stupid because this is a guy who's for it. And then he ends up becoming part of it in the end, you know? So it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting. Is it really one of the best movies of all time? I'm going to say no. Um, I did like it. It was interesting. It was, I keep saying interesting. It was intriguing. There you go. I really want to rewatch uh, The Swamp, Martel's other film, and I want to rewatch The Head... Well, spoiler alert, The Headless Woman is the other film that she's very famous for. I want to rewatch both of them, see how they compare and contrast, and maybe see if one of them, I don't know, is a little bit better somehow. Um, I can guarantee you that I did get very bored during the headless woman again but um we'll see and then the swamp is on sight and sounds list so that's a lot higher up though so i do need to get to that but no i don't think this is one of the best it's not a bad thing um i think that there are a lot of incredibly made uh period dramas just like zama i don't really know if zama uh is better than those ones though you know it's a it, it is it's well done it's very different it is very indian very art house it's a very very martel esque film but um you know not really one of my favorites i don't i wouldn't call it one of the best but glad i watched it and i am glad that movies like this do exist i know that they're hard to get through at first at least for me but that's what cinema is all about you know cinema is about challenging your your thoughts and challenging your your um level of level of you know comfortability is that a word i'm making it up um but yeah we shall see what the next movie is like. The next movie of Martell's, that is. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm going to end it by saying, uh, get off your couch and go to the goddamn movies, okay? I don't care if you have an ear infection. Bring the eardrops to the theater with you, okay? I don't care if, 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 if like, football is on. DVR, duh, okay? And also, everything gets, like, leaked nowadays, so you'll probably hear about it but, you know, once you get home, I don't really care, guys. Just come on. Go to the movies, please. Please support your local cinemas. They need you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Adios. <laughs> oh, you made it. You made it. You made it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. New episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at I'm Reviewing Here. You can also subscribe on YouTube. New episodes drop there the same day they drop on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Please leave a review if you'd like. Be mean. Be nice. Hit on me. I don't really care. Candor really, really is important to me. And, you know, it helps the podcast too. So uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is brought to you especially by Nervous Chuckles. That is my fake production company because I make people nervously chuckle all the time because they never know if I'm telling a joke or not. So they're always like, <laughs> oh, do I laugh? Do I not laugh? Is he serious? Is he insane? Did he get out of the, the loony? What's going on? So if I made you nervously chuckle, then that means that I did my job. And thank you. There is uh, no funding for this podcast, but if you want to give me money, then uh, yeah, like hit me up. DM me. Bye-bye.